my name is Shireen Ahmed. I am a freelance sports journalist and sports activist based in Toronto, Canada. And I would love to discuss my all-time favorite film, Bend It Like Beckham. So when did it come into your life, Shireen, and why does it mean so much to you? I saw this film um, at the Toronto Film Festival 20 years ago. I saw it when it was when it was released uh, at the film festival. And I remember I was there with my cousin and I remember watching it and just being so enamored with the soundtrack immediately with the sounds like the the visuals and the juxtapositions that were so beautifully woven in between the football scenes and you know Hounslow and Slough it's basically filmed in Slough and just how those worlds usually don't don't interact and it was the first time I saw any any part of myself I'm you know Pakistani um, by descent and identify very strongly with that part of my life. And I played football since I was very, very young, but I, I never saw people that looked like me ever. So to see just Mother Pamra on the pitch, it just was a reflection of what I had seen so many times. And it was really interesting because there was a part of the, part of the, the film that really got to me was because she was, racially abused in one of the matches, the one where her father comes to watch her. And this isn't a spoiler for anyone. It's just part of the, the, the plot line. Um, I, the first time I was ever racially abused was on the pitch and I was 11. And that has always stuck with me. And it was the same, it was the same word, you know, and I think that it, it always struck me. And just like her journey, football itself, the pitch has always been a place of safety for me. So when that, gets destroyed and torn down it really takes a lot to build it back up again like so much of my mental health coping so much of my dealing with my anxiety and depression that I've had in the past has really been through football and not playing now is quite arduous in many ways because I don't get to see we had a zoom call last night me and my squad which was really nice because I missed them tremendously again I'm the only you know brown woman definitely the only Muslim woman in league, but on my team, most definitely the only South Asian on my team. And, you know, so there's still those same things, but I handle it differently. And it's, it's always been a way to be part of something bigger. So I saw that Jess, who was normally excluded from certain factions of society is now included and she's a star. And did, did that kind of existence sort of uh, correlate with your sort of North American experience of football? Were there differences in the football and cultures as are depicted in the film? Definitely. I think that so much of what Gurinder Chadha, the filmmaker, has done is the universality of what she talks about, the messages. She talks about all the different iterations of family because she has, you know, Jules Paxton's family there is represented as well. And we see the struggles and we see that the struggles of sexism are not limited to one South Asian family, one Indian family. They're all over the place and very beautifully what... Gurinder did was, if I may be so bold to call her Gurinder, <laughs> what she had done is that she showed it's this type of inherent sexism in the game is not limited to a cultural or ethnic community. It's literally embedded into the into the game. And we saw that the women's side or the afterthought, they get 
you know, the coaches really do it for the love of the game, but they're always considered second tier footballers, which is so problematic, but it's really, and this, this film is 20 years old, but there's, it's so relevant now. And I think that's both important and also sort of heartachingly beautiful that the messages that she spoke of and she created in this film 20 years ago are still so relevant today. And they absolutely resonated with me in Canada, like the same thing. I mean, I didn't, fall in love with an Irish bloke, but so many of the same, so many of the same messages were what, like I saw so much of myself in Jess, even though we're a different religion. I'm from Pakistan. She's from India. She's sick. I'm Muslim. It didn't matter that the storylines and the struggles were universal. And it reminds us that our struggles are connected. So that's was, you know, it was quite the little radical film, but just so poignant and, beautiful and also one that I've shared with my mom and my daughter who's now 18 like on a, my daughter plays as a goalkeeper on her team and her team watches this as an activity together <laughs> you can show it to your children it's a beautiful story that is family appropriate you know what I mean so it's you know it's it's not it doesn't have the I mean someone said well you know it's a very feel-good movie and I said I think it's more than that don't dismiss it it's not Sunderland till I die like in that type of intensity thank there's God a different, <laughs> there's there's a different importance and and weight to this film it's a quietly revolutionary film insofar as yeah. it's made by Channel 4 isn't it so from a kind yeah. of critical industry studies or film 4 from a critical industry studies perspective using my media studies hat here you know, that was the sort of film that wasn't getting made by either Hollywood or by the kind of Richard Curtis mainstream British sort of film market. It comes out of exactly the same era as things like Trainspotting, that it was, the you know, for the first time, and Grinda Chatter, what an absolute genius she is, you know, the first time that we saw an Asian-British identity multiple times on a screen comes largely because of her and Channel 4 and Film 4 saying, we're going to put these hybrid identities on the screen. And I think that's something really interesting that football does, and I'd just love to hear your perspective. What does it say about the acceptance of hybrid identities, that you could be British and Asian, you could be British and Pakistani, you can be Canadian and Pakistani, and the place where you kind of meet other people of a similar kind of identity is a football pitch and you meet as equals? Well, I think, I mean, I interviewed Grinder Chadha a couple of months ago, and my question to her oh, was, I'm so jealous. Yeah, she's she's like I I teared up when I met her. And do you know what she said to me when she walked in? She she was opening the musical, Bennett Like Beckham the musical in Toronto. It was showing here at St Lawrence Theatre. And she walks in and she looked at me and she stopped. And do you know what she said? You're Asian. <laughs> she was told that she was being interviewed for a sports podcast. So what did she expect? She expected a white man. And there I sat, and we had I, I teared up when I saw her because. Speaking with her was probably one of the highlights of my professional career. And I've, I've gotten to do some really cool things. So sitting with her, I just soaked it all in. And she was lovely. And she was very unguarded. Like, she just sat down. And I think us being from similar communities was was really helpful. Because she just – and she actually said, if I knew you were brown, I would have told you to bring me parathas. Because I'm, you know, I'm craving them. So it, it was it was quite it was quite funny. But asking her about – you know, her work and what it's meant to British and, 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 and film and TV in the UK. She had been doing this work. Like, Baji on the Beach was a film she had done. Like, she wasn't new to this, but this particular film did make ripples and waves. And that's something that struck me, is that 
has much changed and she says not enough for her. We still don't see, you know, South Asian diaspora represented in the UK on TV or in film. I mean, you've got your Dave Patels who are out there, who are getting all the roles and who are lovely and doing like, you know, period pieces now, like Dave Copperfield and stuff like that. But Dave Patel is one person and for the population, and we still don't see a type of integration into these industries. You're still very much guarded. And I mean, when you, for example, look at where did Keira Knightley's, you know, journey take her and where did, you know, Perminder Kaur's journey take her and, you know, Perminder's acting in that film. I cry every time and I feel <laughs> like I've tabulated that I've watched clips in the film probably about 800 times in my life. I carry it with me in a DVD when I travel because it literally is my self-care to, to just, it just centers me, especially, you know, and I'll watch clips and I have probably most of the movie dialogue memorized. I consider myself a scholar um, of the film and um, my, and, and to say, to, to say to Gurinder G that, I felt seen. So that means there's a lot of people in the UK that still don't feel seen. And that the only thing they have to hold to is a 20 year old film. You tell me, Patty, like mm. how really well are we doing? Well, you know, I'm, I'm an interloper into football studies via the football collective. And one of the, that I think the catchphrase that I've heard over and over again is you can't be what you can't see, you know, and I, I interviewed, um, uh, Emmy and Yura for, for the big podcast and I saw so many papers over the last couple of years where we, we you know we have people from Asian or black British or, or other um, other kind of minority ethnic communities and we're asking this question over and over and over again and it says something about the arts and it says something about sport that mm -hmm. we have these questions about power and we have these questions about who, who are the gatekeepers who are allowing the brown or black or other minority communities in to be able to play the game? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, that's exactly it. And one of the questions was when during the film, her father, Mr. Bahamra, says to Joe, the coach, where are our boys? Where are they? Like the amount, the few amount of South Asians in sport who are making it, like why is that? What is the, and, you know, we can talk about, well, there are, you know, there are different, communities with different needs who get access or who have access the South Asian one. And, you know, they, sometimes people argue they go towards cricket anyway, but that's not necessarily true. There's a lot of different community members. They're simply because of the systems that already exist in the game. They won't get access. Different communities have different needs. Like, do we see a lot of East Asian players? Absolutely not. Like, do we see South Asian or East Asian, Southeast Asian? not enough and so I think we need to stand back and say well what are we doing and what are ways to create pathways for these different communities and for me so much of football comes down to grassroots where did Jess learn her love for football it was in the park like for me when you take away grassroots thriving you take away the heart of the game the backbone and the whole heart and soul of this game will always be we talked about this before we were recording in like the concrete parks of Marseille, it will be in the pitches in, in England, different communities all over London. It will be in, you know, sandy sort of areas in, in, in different communities around the world. It'll be in hills in, in, in Pakistan and Tibet. It will be in dusty fields in, in Central Africa, you know, like along the beaches in Palestine. That's where this will thrive, you know, and to take that away 
and to take away those opportunities is really something. And one of the things that I think was really uh, was really relevant was Jess's reaction when she was asked to go out for a girl's side. She's like, do you think I'm good enough? Which speaks to the confidence also that our girls feel. I mean, there's so many things, but when you watch, Jules' father was a huge supporter of her in the film. And we see that all it takes is for one ally to create space for the potential of that girl to make her think she can do it. And what her dad, I mean, her dad is an underlying theory. I've, I've, I've imagined and revisited so many different reveries in my head. But what Mr. Paxton said was he has one child. And if she's going to be more interested in football, he's over the moon about that. And would take her out, bought her this goal scoring thing, an accurate shooting piece. But what he's done here, and I'm not trying to give this white dude with the minor role too much attention. But what I'm saying is, that it speaks to how allyship really works. And if you create that space and give that attention to that young girl, oh my goodness, I've coached middle school girls for almost 10 years. The biggest problem is not their lack of technique because we can teach them technique. We can teach them skill. We can't teach them confidence. And that's what kills their spirit in the end is a lack of confidence. When Jess's father finally says and defends her in a way that we need it also very much spoke to allyship where are you in your communities where are the men with power because even within minority communities men still hold much more power socially culturally religiously you know whatever socioeconomically obviously um where are you and you no matter where you're from you have an obligation to support the young girls and the aspiring footballers like what are you doing and that's really that's really key to look at so much i'm like already feeling teared up just <laughs> speaking about it but you know i've taken this and i've got three sons like i have four children and i always say i have three sons and a footballer my daughter's, the, <laughs> my daughter's the one that's stuck and people laugh about it and my sons play volleyball i'm not trying but they've gone to their sister's games. They support her when she's done. They'll bring her ice. If she needs it, they, they pamper her quite a bit. She's very bossy and they're all scared of her. Um, so, but you know, to tell them that it's not like the games are different, the men's game and the women's game, but you can enjoy both. Like my boys sat and watched far more of the women's world cup last year than they did the men's. Um, just because I was so into it and writing about it, but also they didn't, they didn't see it differently. They just saw it as football. They just saw it as football. And I think that's key when we help people unlearn, like so much of the characters around in Justice Community had to unlearn things. You have to unlearn constantly. When you do that, you just, you absorb the game. You absorb the beautiful game. It's that simple.